You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. If you have an opinion about what you have heard and want to share it, uh, drop a review on iTunes. We would uh, we don't have very many, and we would actually like to hear some. So, uh, good, bad, or indifferent, even if you just want you know want to tell us a story. We have no idea if we're any good or not. Yeah, uh, help us find out, will you? I uh, I did break out the chalice today for the first time in many moons. Well, with, with beer in it, it's a chalice. Um, yeah, with, with brandy in it, it's a snifter. So, well, whatever. It's uh, you know what? It's a uh, I'm you, I you am, can't lie with that. I'm lot, sipping or... on I'm sipping on something because. I spent 45 minutes on the phone with the uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield people trying to get trying desperately to give them money. I feel like under ordinary circumstances, like if you got if you killed somebody and you went in and like your your plea was like, well, I spent 45 minutes on the phone with Blue Cross Blue Shield trying to give them X number of dollars. The judge would go like, oh, yeah, I totally get that. Get out of here. You're fine. Case like, yeah. yeah. I thought you were going to say if, if, if you killed somebody and you walked into the police station and tried to turn yourself Yeah, that, that, like, that was where you were going with that, like, too. And they're like, no, no. No, I don't think so. No, yeah, no seriously, do I did it. All right, let's get this moving. I'm Kevin. <laughs> yeah, can we please? Can, let's just let's crank the car with our hand crank, and yeah. let's start the well, old well, man all, show up we're here. We're all kind so. of cranks, but yeah. Who yeah. are you, Kevin? I'm Kevin. Oh, good. Kevin. Uh, I'm Ryan. I'm Shane. I'm Mark. This is Somebody Likes It. That was a that was a false alarm. Did you see that? I, I for some reason I thought I heard something in my microphone, so I put it to my ears, though I could. What did you hear? The ocean? I don't. Yes, I did actually. Um, so uh, another another week, another with an untimely passing. So nothing untimely passing. Another body. Um, so this is uh, well, Kevin. It I guess this affects you more than than me. <laughs> well, uh, actually, being a fan of said yeah. dead celebrity. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, so Walter Becker and Steely, the guitarist and and uh, one of the two main collaborators in that yeah. yeah in that act, uh, passed away, and um, to honor him, what what we would like to do is spend the rest of this show uh, as with um, long guitar solos, uh, the little bit of jazz inflected guitar solos. We'll get noodly and, and some saxophone. And then we'll just uh, we'll just play it until Shane's head. Pops I was going to say that sounds like a perfect. Well, and we'll rehearse every sentence uh, like yeah. twelve like times. times. Yeah. 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 No, I I did um, I did pull up um, uh, a note the note of his passing that Rolling Stone ran and and uh, the one little excerpt that I thought was kind of interesting uh, was something that he told Rolling Stone in 1974, which was he said. Uh, I'm not interested in rock, jazz, fusion. That that kind of marriage has only come up with ponderous results. We play rock and roll, but we swing when we play. We want that ongoing flow, that lightness, the forward rush of jazz. And so I guess whether or not they uh, achieve that or whether or not you find that interesting. Shane looked I, really puzzled. I, I find it uh, – I think he's a little delusional. Well, that quote is also almost 40 well, years okay, old. Well, okay, so they weren't like, Spyro Gyra. I mean, that's what I think of when I think no, of actual no, that's, but that's rock like, that's or, smooth or jazz, jazz fusion. That's smooth jazz. Uh, yeah, they weren't Sanborn. Sanborn. Oh, God, it's horrible. <laughs> Don't ever bring up Smooth Sanborn <laughs> in my presence again. Hey, I heard a, an interesting anecdote that's tangentially related to this. Um, it was only interesting to me briefly just because it sounds like an odd little juxtaposition of things, but um, where um, it was an interview with Loudon Wainwright and... Um, Senior? Yes, Loudon Wainwright the third. Yeah. Not not senior. Oh yeah, I mean, not senior. senior but that guy's yeah. probably been like, Rufus's dad. Yes, yeah. yeah, the senior Wainwright, and he was okay. So I guess he grew up very like a man of privilege, and he went to boarding school, and then he dropped out. And he went to San Francisco in '67 for the summer of love. Got himself a flopped house that he shared with Donald Fagan, who would become you know the other founding member of Studio Dan, who also was from private school and a man of of wealth. So like. It just sounds. It doesn't sound like a flop house in the summer of love. It basically kind of sounds like a proto frat boy house or something. Well, like, they met at Bard College, which is like I don't know Bard College personally, but I mean it sounds like it sounds a little. Uh, it sounds uppity. Yeah, it's, that's the word I was gonna 
summon. Yeah. Uh, hey, Shane, do you know my favorite uh, Loudon Wainwright the third uh, song title? Yes, I do. I do know that. Um, from when? Oh uh, yeah. I Kate McGarrigal was. You, you, this is like the fourth time you've said this. On this not podcast. on the show, have I? I think so. You've mentioned it, but it, yeah. you know, it's, well, it bears repeating. It is amusing. Uh, Rufus is a tit man. Rufus is not. He is definitely not a tit man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh, but and then one last thing on Walter Becker. Um, when and this will probably be something that we repeat if uh, Donald Fagan steps out in front of a mayonnaise truck tomorrow. But uh, shout out to Mike Stevens on that reference. But the um, uh, when Klosterman interviewed Donald Fagan, he always said that he came off like a like a college professor trying to get fired. And then when I look at the pictures of Walter Becker, like from his. You know, when he was reeling in the ears, that's kind of what he looks like. Like he looks like a he looks like a like a college like a just somebody fudgy on, bearded college guy. Somebody on my not a Facebook feed uh, pointed out that he looks like the older Bud Court. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I can see that too. Yeah, sure. Hey Ryan, did you want to talk about um, Farmer Bro? Oh yeah, yeah. If you're consistently still referred to as America's most hated man. Well, when Donald Trump is the president, like yeah, uh, whether or not you like the guy or not, I'm just saying, like, well, I don't know anybody that likes Pharma Bro. No, uh, what's his name? Martin Shkreli. Martin Shkreli. Uh, night. But he's like a, he's like yeah. a cartoon villain. You know, he like deliberately does things just to fuck with people and make himself money. And it makes him, and he's proud of it. He he paid two million dollars for the one and only copy of uh, Once Upon a Time in Shaolin. Uh, from the Wu Tang Wu Tang Clan, Wu Tang Clan, um, <laughs> they made one, and it, it's like a really nice deluxe vinyl copy. Yeah, and um, like as much of a dickhead as he is, and he has such thick skin. Apparently, he was he was it hurt his feelings that uh, a member of the Wu Tang Clan was was um, interviewed and dissed him because about it. He's like, and he said, you know, I've been like talked shit about by the Wu Tang Clan, and he said in parentheses like the dumb one. Or something like, oh, so he's going to sell his his copy of the of the record. But I love the fact that not only does he reserve the right to to pull it at any point, but he said, "I might just break it. I might just break it in two and throw it away." Yeah. So uh, he added that he hasn't he hasn't carefully listened to the album, uh, and he explained, "I put it on in the background when some friends were over. No one was paying attention. He paid two million dollars for this thing. Who are the friends?" <laughs> yeah, like, uh, that is. A I, short I'm surprised period. he has any. But yeah, no, no. I, I mean, no fucking shit. They weren't paying attention. Like, if you have a, any semblance of friends with any semblance of humanity, well, no, that would never happen. I not, mean, not for that. Think guy. about if you could be a fly on the wall at one of Martin Shkreli's fucking parties. Like, talk about a ship full of assholes. Yeah. I don't know. Is that how? Is that how it goes? Anyway, ship so that's so the end of that yeah. story. Is TBD then? Uh yeah, it's still up and it's it's in the term it's it hasn't been determined yet whether eBay is going to even pull it because he hasn't said for sure whether he's going to sell it. Yeah, the highest bid at mm-hmm. last I saw was like 100. under a hundred. I think I think it's up to a hundred thousand dollars, but nowhere near what he paid for it. But uh, it'd be nice if it went to an actual fan. Yeah, for a lot less than he spent on it. Yeah. Um. Anyhow, what are we here to talk about, fellas? We are going to discuss the Toronto. Musical collective, broken social scene, and their album, first album since 2010, I think. 2010 was the last. I think that's right. Uh, Hug of Thunder, which um, not my favorite album title, but um, I don't know. So, yeah, go from there. I don't know who wants to start. <laughs> uh, okay, so you guys you guys all read uh, CMJ New Music Monthly back in the day, right? I did. So here's my take. This is a definitely would be one where you'd have the R-I-Y-L thing under it, recommended if you like, and it would be Arcade Fire, Cocktoo Twins, and to some extent, Bell and Sebastian. Um, that's interesting. That's a that's a pretty decent um, combination. I mean, I don't really get the Arcade Fire part there, but... Um, well, definitely... Um, oh, what's that song? They've got some... Okay, the, it's probably the, the, the songs that I Skyline. like. Skyline. Um, that reminds just, me of Arcade that Fire. That doesn't remind me of Arcade Fire at all. That's funny. Um, I uh, there's there are some songs that kind of remind me of the the anthemics. You know, like the songs that sound like on this record. Like I don't want to necessarily listen to them at home. They're probably my least favorite songs on the record. 
Um, but it seemed like it could be really fun live, like Halfway Home, which is basically the real first song of the record. Um, yeah, Soul Luna is just an uh, intro. Sin- which, it's pretty, though. Yeah, I like it. Um, and then um, I guess uh, Vanity Pale Kids also. Um, you don't care for that no, one? No, 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 no. No, no, no. I do like that one. Stay Happy. Yeah. That's another one of those like real like punch your fist in the air. It's real shiny and almost like 80s to me in some ways. There's a couple of those on here that I that I don't I don't care for. So I, I think – it might be helpful if we talk a little bit about, like, especially right here at the top of the show, if we talk a little bit what, about what why, this, why this happened, well, what they are and like, why this record happened at all. Like, I feel like, you know, it doesn't come together, even if you don't care for it, well, like, I, it I doesn't think, make it all, like, they're on hiatus. Like I think they they, yeah, I think they've got, like, 19 members now, but essentially it's a project from Kevin Drew and Brendan Canning. But it's also which, got members of Metric. It's got Feist. There's members of Stars. Members of uh, like a lot of different over the years, like kind of like yeah, people who don't Toronto need to have years. side projects. It's sort of like a no, and people that are all really talented. Did you say Nico Case is in this too, or no? Uh, Nico no. Case is in the other Canadian, the other super Canadian super new pornographers. Yes. Yes. That's right. Yeah, but the but yeah, it is this. It's it's kind of this collective slash melting pot of a bunch of different Toronto area musicians and. And essentially, this was this was a reaction to the the Paris shooting, right? Like, that's that's my understanding. Was it like? Oh, uh, I, I haven't looked into the lyrics at all. Yeah, that, that, I, that well, that not not necessarily just the lyrics, but it was like the reason that the band decided to get back and record together again. It's like, and it's weird too because they have a reputation for writing protest songs, and there's certainly one that's like literally called that on this on this album, protest song. Yeah. But it's like, but they're but the way that they go about protesting, whether you're pro con or like uh, ambivalent to what they put out is is uh is much it's like much less of a call of action and more about like bringing people together and expressing malcontent yeah i i agree with that um in a sunny way i was gonna say there's 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 almost a sunny even though the music isn't necessarily itself very sunny i like this record quite a bit like it's very i think it's real flawed but i don't think you can have Number one, such a long hiatus. Number two, have such. I mean, all of those bands that I named are good bands. Oh yeah, oh, I, sure. I like what I've heard from those other bands. And then you put like, better than this. However, yeah, this may be the best produced record we've listened to this, since we've been doing this show. This like, album is great production. The, and it's the, and amazing. The, the, Whoever the bass player is, he's one. Of, I forget uh-huh. his name. He's one of the founding members. That guy fucking kills. The bass playing on this record is amazing. Absolutely. But there's some stuff. I mean, like I think we talked the other night. Like I, I really personally, um, well, I'll just basically listen to Leslie Feist sing a fucking phone book. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of hers, and I like the title track of this record quite a bit. But you were you. I well, okay. Here's here's where I run into trouble with it. It's the. It's the sequencing of it right after yeah. um, Vanity Pale Kids. And Vanity Pale Kids like really kind of gets my blood going and my heart really? pumping. Really? Because I hate that song. I love it. I love I, it so Oh, no, much. no, no. I like Vanity Pale Kids. I'm sorry. It's the one before, the Stay Happy. No, yeah, no. I don't care if it's Stay think, Happy. I can't remember now. Well, now we're going to have to spin it, but go ahead. No, to me, like, I, like it's that got that tribal percussion thing going and it and uh, that just like mean guitar lick and... Uh, like soaring harmonies and like it, I just think it does no wrong. And then right after it, it that ends and I'm just like all amped up. It's this languid transition into. But Hug then of it's Thunder. got that really big chorus. It, 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 get, it did grow on me a little bit. I, um, I I think it's hard to get like any model of consistency if you're going to do a record like this and all you can hope to aim for is just having like decent songs. I mean, if you're going to have this many cooks in the kitchen, which there, there might be a few too many. Um, can I, can yeah. I share a quick nugget from uh, the Stereo Gum review on this record? Because I feel like we're kind of right at a point where it's talking a little bit about... You guys are talking about some things that I think are maybe shared here. And the, the author of this, this piece says, Broken Social Scene's never been a cynical group, especially when it comes to their music, and there's no performative trolling to be found in the expansive lineup. Instead... Hug of Thunder is just a refreshing and welcome excuse for a bunch of old friends to get the gang together again and create some solid songs that don't reinvent the wheel but hit often enough to justify these people's continuous orbit around each other. I mean, I would pretty much word for word agree with that review. Um, I think it's a solid record. It's not a great record, but there's some great stuff on And the one thing that's really that I found the most interesting, and that, and this is I've known this about them for a while, is that they, they really... 
they really they'll be adventurous with with arrangements or with like just instrumentation and shit like that. They'll just throw in shit. It doesn't always work, but the, like well, I appreciate it. Well, uh, what I what I you know I went I listened to this record probably three times through, and I was like I was like, what is it that I'm not latching on to? And I think it's like bizarre time signatures, mm-hmm. and that just throws me off. Yeah, there's a little bit of it, that. There's like stuff that's like five seven or some shit, and like and it just like it, it's hard for me to like lock into it. Um, and that may be just you know, like the anti-jazz guy. Not that this sounds jazzy, but it you know. They, no, but I see what you're experiment. saying when you're, you're when you're used to like four, 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 three, four, three, four, four something. Yeah. You know, like not locking in as much. Um, but hey, listen, why don't we look, while we're talking uh, while we're talking like we're not going to be talking for the next seven hours? I'm going to yeah. stop talking. You guys got the rest of the show. Sure. <laughs> okay, good. Just go take a nap in the corner. Uh-huh. Why don't we listen to that title track, "Hug of Thunder." You know, the skinny on that song was that that was left over from her last record? No, but I did, I did not know that. But let me tell you, the next thing I was going to say was, damn, I wish her last record would have be, been as good as that song. Because that, that, I think that song is better than anything off, off that last record. The bass record. sounds great, and they're those soaring harmonies again. But it does have like that kind of off putting rhythm to it's me. just because she's doing a lot of rhythm with her like with her vocals like the bop 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 yeah. bop bop you know but then it but then it then it it's like the vocals don't down. sync up with the rhythm section i don't know but then it settle but then it settles down yeah but you, i see what you're saying I, I personally think that's pretty cool but that's yeah that's definitely just that's a matter of taste but then it then it all locks in on that big anthemic chorus at the end um, yeah, it sounds really good. Uh, like, so I probably would just would have liked it more at like the beginning of the record. So. I, I, you know, one sure. thing that really occurred to me when when we were listening to that track here is that like the thing that feels the most like broken social scene of that song is how it emerges. Like it doesn't it doesn't necessarily start in that place, but it's like as the song starts to reveal itself somewhere in the middle. I was like, oh, it's like with broken so- like you you sort of expect these songs historically. Broken social scene has not been allergic to meandering a little, and I, I like, I always, I actually kind of like the way that they meander. Like that's, mm-hmm. you know, most of the time it hits me in the sweet spot. But like, yeah, this one, it like it took a minute to get there. You can see the last song on the record, "Mouthguards of the Apocalypse," which right, I would have thought was the funniest album title in the world when I was fifteen. Sure, mm-hmm. but that that's a great another song that I like quite a bit where. It, it does the same thing. It just the, it's just a, like a build up, build up kind of meander. You, I kind of thought it was I thought it was going to be an instrumental, and then like three minutes into the song, there's like a boom, drop the bomb, big anthemic thing. Which it's the one and anth- like real big anthemic song on this record that I like personally. Um, but it seems like like I said before, this would be a fucking fun as shit. I've seen these guys live, but it was in at, how many people were on stage? Seventy five. No, it was probably only like seven or eight. Um, which still was a lot of people. At that point, it was just a it was at, scene. It was at ACL. Uh, Kevin, was this one of the bands that that girl was referencing at uh, Twenty by Two, where she said, "Just just say you're in broken broken social scene," because even the yeah, people in actually, the band probably so, really don't know. Yeah, so I so I put together. Yeah, to that end, I did I did put together a, a list. Like, we'll just do a quick quiz here. These are um, I'll just name name somebody, and then uh, if some one of you guys will tell me if this is a member of broken social scene. Uh, odd future or a town in Saskatchewan. Uh, <laughs> Those are uh, okay, like, a resident yeah. of a town in Saskatchewan, yeah, or actually yeah. the name of a yeah, town in like, Saskatchewan. And no, and no cheating. You can't. Look are, it there, up. are there any? Are there any trick questions? Um, sure. So uh, we'll start with uh, Haji. 
I'm gonna say Odd Future. Yeah, Hadi's an Odd Future. So we're gonna just we'll just cut ding, that. Ding 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 ding. Yeah, but anyway, that like um, uh, John McIntyre. Uh, town in Saskatchewan. <laughs> it's not a town in Saskatchewan. <laughs> that is Wait, actually. Isn't John McIntyre in like a Chicago like tortoise or some shit? I'm pr- in fact, I know he is. Yeah, maybe. And then uh, uh, broken social scene. So that, uh, he is in broken social, or has been in broken social scene at one point. Um, Swift Current, which is my Indian name. I'm going to say a town <laughs> in Saskatchewan. <laughs> that is that is a town in Saskatchewan, but not. I almost said, but I almost said Odd Future. Yeah. Um, really, the only one that probably could could uh, pass for a member of Odd Future that's town in Saskatchewan would be Moose Jaw, but um, Moose Jaw, yeah. But but then again, maybe not. There's got to be a anyway, story yeah. behind that. No, for real. Like there are like just looking at like just looking at yeah. So the so the gag was in um, in our south several years ago, and actually this may have been this this show may have come that show at South by may have been around the time that they were recording their last record. Um, 2010. Yeah, 2010. So yeah, but there was there was a gag that like you could tell somebody that you were either in broken social scene or odd future, and not even the people in the band would know that you were not in the band, so you could seem cooler than you were. But yeah, and part of the reason that that's the case is that like just looking at the list, it was like there are like 30 musicians here um, a lot. for broken social scene. They've so anyway, gone in and out. Yeah, there are, there are more musicians than there are uh, listed as uh, big towns in Saskatchewan. So that's something. Isn't Saskatchewan the largest province in Canada? Also, I don't know. I just, just show my by area. I don't know. I, yeah. yeah, it it could be. Anyway, yeah, I have to say, like one one more little um, specific nugget uh, with regard to this record. Um, I have to say that going into when it. I was excited that you were that you picked this Shane because I thought, hey, it's like a band that I have historically liked, but I also thought um, the story was really interesting behind how this this album came together. But beyond that, uh, I was really I was genuinely disappointed in the last record, and I thought I I I really felt like uh, that record sounded like a band who had either run out of steam or ideas or just like. It wasn't like they weren't talented anymore because the individual output was still really good in the other projects. But I was like, I just, I was just, I was like, why would you put, why would you commit something to release that is clearly below your standard? And it just sounded like they were tired. I think they like, f- they fired the producer from that la- their long long time producer. I'm pretty sure he did the last last record. Who but, produced this? Do we know? I, uh, no, but it's he's he's a new guy. He deserves some sort of we can, we producing can look, award. We can look which I don't know up. if there is a producing award. Uh, sure, I, I'm the, sure. Like the, when you like in the, in the Grammys, like when you get like uh, the best the, recording, the technical Grammys or whatever. They well, no, 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 producer. no, because they have they have, they have the, best recording. You can get like album or single of the year, but those are the writers, and then you have like record of the year, which is the recording of it or whatever. I don't know. I'm not entirely sure how they do it, but um, anyway, uh, whoever but, it was did a great job. Yeah, no, the record sounds great. Um, but sure. there there's some pretty good fucking songs on this on this one. I, yeah. I didn't hear the last one, but I heard it wasn't good. Well, you're, you're not the only person I've heard. No, say that. I was really. I bought it, and I like. I was a big enough fan of that band. I was like, I'm just gonna buy it and take a flyer on it, and like, even if it takes a few listens to like roll around in it, I'm like, I'm sure I'll get into it. And I just didn't that much, and I was like, that's. Anyway, I thought it was disappointing. It's um, always disappointing, like when uh, when somebody you like a lot like puts out a. See also record. like the second half of REM's career. See also um, that yeah, right. a bunch of Morrissey. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it, it's a bummer, man. Like I like I got to where I was like embarrassed to tell like young people that I was a big REM fan because they only know like everybody hurts on. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm like, no, there's so much good shit before that. Yeah. Well, wh- listen. Why don't we Why don't we listen to another one of these songs? You mentioned Skyline earlier, which I forgot when the first time I heard this. I love that song. It, it's yeah, it's a great song. So to me, it sounds like um, broken social scene with um, oh my god, I'm how am I blanking on the band's name? All right, let's listen to the song Skyline, and I'll remember the band's name, and we'll talk about it when we come back.
Well, I think that's the best song on the record, personally. Toss up for that one, personally. Like, I, like I mean, it. it was the first one that I really grabbed onto. Um, uh, it was Fleet Foxes that I was trying to think of. Like, it sounds it sounds like Broken Social Scene doing a Fleet Foxes song a little bit um, with the acoustic and the harmonies. And well, it reminded me of the same kind of a similar cadence to uh, "Keep the Car Running" by Arcade Fire. Which one I'm not sure that I know that song. It was a single. Like, it did fairly mm, well. I probably heard it. Uh, but anyway, the terrific song and and. Like the percussion, like throughout the record, n- not only the bass, the percussion, but the sounds, percussion and the drums, sounds, yeah. Like, oh, no, that whole rhythm section kicks yeah. ass. Like, and I, you know, you it know, might be even more than one rhythm section. You, you know? know this as well as I do. Like the most boring part of a recording session is miking the drums, but dun, dun. yeah, he probably. Dun, dun. I mean, it's usually at least an hour of just thumping. Dun, dun. Uh, but he he probably spent I don't know half a day just doing that. Cause, oh, like, dude, it I just read great. a fucking oral history about um, the making of. Uh, what was the um, Sonic U- Super Unknown? The one, that, the one with you like Soundgarden. Hole, Soundgarden, um, not Sonic U- The with a uh, Black Hole Sun on it and stuff. Well, anyway, whatever fucking record that I believe that is Super Unknown. Oh yeah. Um, the guy they like the, it took him like several days to get the drum sound, like get the mics, like that's major label. I mean, money it, right it, there. yeah, it pays off. I mean, there's a reason they do it. Um, boom, boom. But if you're trying to, you know. If, like if you want to, I mean, it's watching, it's watching paint dry yeah, for anyone I, I other wanna, than the engineer that's trying to. I don't want to be in the studio when. Dum, dum. Yeah, on fun. Yeah, but anyway, great song. Mm-hmm. That was a good song. Okay, uh, why don't we do some intermission and we'll come back and we'll do a different song by a different band, and um, yeah, we'll just go from there. All right. Hey, so uh, it's time for the intermission, and today we're going to listen to um, uh, a track that I like. It's funny because I'll forget about it, and then it will come on like satellite radio or whatever, and I'm I'm like, "Uh, this is great. Why is it in regular rotation? So anyway, uh, I'm specifically talking about Six Underground by the English band Sneaker Pimps. I was hoping you were talking about Walking on the Sun, but you know, well. Oh, are you talking about what's that band? Uh, Smash Mouth. Smash Mouth. There's a great <laughs> SNL sketch that we ha- we have to watch about them at some oh, point. We, yeah, Jennifer Lopez. It's pretty great. Posted. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, right now we're going to talk about the Sneaker Pimps and their song Six Underground. But first, we should listen to it. Underground from the Sneaker Pimps, a band named for a, an excerpt from a Grand Royal article that Beastie Boys magazine about a guy that they hired to go find them cool sneakers. Yeah, I knew there was but, some sort of Beastie Boys man, uh, connection with them. Yeah, you guys that's what it was. Remember that record? Yeah. Did you ever read that Grand Royal? Record? Oh yeah, yeah. Was, I mean, not record uh, magazine. That magazine. Yeah, yeah. It was pretty. It was pretty amusing. And that was during the Zine age. Like, and it was better produced than a zine. Yeah, they like, spent more like, money. It had like a like did have glossy pages cover. It, it was glossy. Yeah, yeah. And I think it came out like quarterly. It was also the first time I ever saw or heard the Kentucky Waterfall haircut actually codified on, uh, under the <laughs> under the term yeah. mullet. Yeah, was in Grand Royal. Um, like they, they, yeah, so um, I prefer the phrase Kentucky, Kentucky Waterfall. waterfall. Yeah. Business in, in the front, party in the back. In front, party in the back. Yeah. Hey, can I say like? It's not a bad song. It's a walk down memory lane. Well, no, yeah, it's it's sure. kind of like uh, Portishead Junior. You know. Well, okay, so that's uh, what they're, I, not as, they're not as self serious as Portishead. Well, but that's but. what I wanted to say. So it seemed okay. So I like that trip hop stuff. I do too. Um, but and I liked Justin. This came out when ninety eight. 
96. 96? Yeah. So I looked up trip hop while, while we were watching the video, and this is considered post-trip hop. Right. It's it's sort of similar to – the Brits were really good at this in the 90s. And the, Oh, by the way – well, we'll talk about the video in a second. But, okay, like how Britpop – you had like – you had like the some really great bands, a la Blur, and then you had a bunch of singles bands that had like one good song, and then like and then and this this is kind of like and then they did that with trip hop. Are you after talking about that. like Supergrass? Or, no, 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 no. These I'm guys ta- are maybe like somewhere. Like, no, oh, like, like Echo Belly or oh, okay. or um, uh, I can't. You know, there's sure. a there's a ton of them. Uh, the In Betweeners was another like great song. It was like one song. Um, but there were a bunch of bands like that that were peripheral that they had one or two great songs, um, and then they it sort of then you had like the trip hop world where there was like Tricky and Massive Attack and Portishead and other, mm-hmm. and then it morphed into like what that was and then like I think Mute was another one I don't know yeah so it's not bad it's just just you never well, post trip hop according to Wikipedia includes Bowery Electric. Estero, Morchiba, which I haven't thought of in forever. Estero yeah. was good. Estero, yeah. Uh, Sneaker Pimps, Enemy, Bell, Alpha, Mudville, Chibomato, which I've heard Chibomato, and I don't think they're trip hop. No, like they're talking. I'm thinking of the Sugar Water is a pretty trip hoppy song, but that came out in '95, so I don't know what they're talking about. Anyway, when I told Allison that we were gonna, that I was going to run this during the middle of the show, she was like, she lived in New York, like. Like, not that long after 9-11, like maybe circa 2002 to 2003. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Hell's Kitchen, right? When she, well, she, when she first moved there, she was in Brooklyn. And the reason I bring it up is that she, um, she, one of her fondest memories is, like, she found out, like, she found some, she found a job and made a few friends and then found out that sneaker pimps were playing for five bucks in some Brooklyn club. And they all just nice. went and danced. And I was like, I could see, like, that would be, like, this was, these guys had a little bit, like, they sniffed success. Uh, they were, they got a couple, like, they were in, um, this will date it. Like, this was, that song that we used, that Six Underground song was in um, the 1977, Val, 1997 uh, Val Kilmer flick, The Saint, where it's like. We all know, remember that one. Oh, yeah. yeah it's like, we won't go, it's okay, you're, we're, I'm losing you on the reference. It, but it's like, a, it's, it's somewhere like essentially on like a. It was oh, um, it was a little bit of a spy type spy superhero-y thing. Yeah, that it was based on an old British thing. But anyway, um, so that like they wasn't Roger Moore the saint on TV before he was James Bond. Mark is nodding yes, so I'm gonna go. With and he yes. gave me a thumbs up. And well, Mark or Roger Moore. Roger Moore Roger cannot Moore, give uh, thumbs uh, up uh, anymore. Th- remember, you told a story about that. I show. know, I totally did. Anyway, yeah. So six underground though. Um, to to uh, to echo Shane's sentiment from a moment ago, yeah, it's kind of a cool little trip down memory lane. Like, doesn't try to that song doesn't try to be anything that it's not. The in the video, which we started to talk about, which we really haven't talked about, um, the two main guys in the band really just do a lot of standing around in that video. Well, I, I was <laughs> thinking it's a study in contrast between sultry and sullen. Oh like, sure, she looks sultry, and they just look sullen. They just look like they had to be there. It's like like a yeah. court date or something. All the colors like, are like that hypersaturated green and blues that are so midnight. And the contrast is boosted all the way up. Yeah, so her yeah. face is blown out. Yeah, but I thought it was interesting. Don't uh, blow out her face, I was just, please. No, one would hope not. Yeah. Well, Mark was Mark just had up the uh, uh, Wikipedia page, and I thought that it was very interesting that considering that 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 video really had nothing to do with anything but her uh after that record she was asked to leave the band they dismissed her that, that may have been a tactical error well yeah also but it's you know you gotta fit i mean and i don't know what the background on that is because wikipedia is usually pretty dry but i could also see a situation where like uh like lead singers in those in acts like three person acts like that sometimes end up doing their own spinoff thing anyway and I don't know. Maybe she probably thought she was going to have an illustrious post sneaker pimp's career. Yes, right. Who Kelly Dayton? Uh, I assume that's her name. Yeah, or Kelly Ali. Anyway, yeah. Uh, But yeah, that was uh, that Six Underground song by the Sneaker Pimps, and um, there you have it. Oh, one one little uh, nugget that that got as high as fifteen on the UK singles chart, and then. 
The thing that I that I don't know for sure was whether the video version that we just heard is the re- release version. But apparently the version most frequently heard on the radio was a remix by Nelly Cooper, which is buried as a hidden track on the album. So um, anyway, if All you're right. a, if you're a sleuthing type, uh, well, go that, find that's the, definitely the version you, that I heard on the radio in the States. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. It all sounds the same to me. Uh, very, I think there's some common. more like strings on the one they used to have on the radio. Could be. I seem to remember that. You guys want to get back to it? Let's, Let's do, do it. it. One thing that I think I'm, I'm going to pivot a little bit out of the stripped up memory lane. But one of the one of the things that I have found in reading up on what other people have said about this this album has been that that 2017 has seen some acts from the past decade that maybe haven't recorded as often who've just come back together for whatever reason or like and some of those may be collectives, some of those may just be people who haven't put out work in a while. Like slow dive. Yeah, sure. Slow dive is a great example. A pretty good Granddaddy. Like, Granddaddy. Yeah. yeah. Um, We've been talking about that on the show all year. Sure. Yeah. Anyway, to to that end, sub, it says here. This is a little little snippet from the um, Pitchfork take. They said the subsequent previews of Hug of Thunder also gave us quote. These are things that other people have said. Snippets of things that other people have said about this record. Googly eyed dream pop. Passed out drunk and caffeine wired studio wizards, and also quote the band with Feist in it. <laughs> so well, all of those things are true. Yeah. So it well, loads me some Leslie Feist. Oh uh, no, she's great. So yeah, uh, broken social scene are defined by a kind of utopian collectivism. Uh, the kind of lead up the Hog of Thunder confirms that their excessive generosity can make them a seriously inefficient singles band, but in the same way that members of Broken Social Scene renounce their star power to give uh, pr- to present a unified front, the individual songs of Hug of Thunder are best understood as a reciprocal parts of a whole. So I guess what I'm asking in reaction to that last sentence is, does this feel like a cohesive work to you guys? Well... I mean, it doesn't sound like different bands on different tracks. I yeah. wouldn't say that. So, yeah, but I just think some, some of them are better than others. It feels inconsistent, sure. and not just inconsistent because of the songwriting, just internally inconsistent a little bit, but it does feel more like a band band than I've heard in the past, for sure. Well, the other thing that I've read that, that I haven't brought up is that it just that people seem to be, think that this feels like a stripped-down vert, like they've really refined their sound a little bit. And it's not as sprawling as it was. I mean, maybe otherwise. I can maybe see that. I, I I think that's just kind of. I mean, the songs are even the ones I don't like are 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 still strong. So maybe that something to do with that. There's less meandering as far as like let's put fewer songs and have them more better written. You know, and because I mean they're still all like four and a half, five and a half minutes long. You know, it's not like they're no, they're not. This is not a Dolly Parton record. No, <laughs> no, like like one of these songs would be like a Dolly Parton record. I like would go to record. I would go to a theme park that uh, Broken Social Scene founded, though. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> what would be the name of that? <laughs> well, hopefully not broken in it because I would not be riding their roller coasters. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, and the other thing that I thought was kind of interesting, and I don't know if this is a you know a riff on the name of the band at all, but uh, their Wikipedia page says that they occasionally. Uh, get lumped in with Baroque pop, and I say, you know, if it ain't Baroque, oh. <laughs> Dad's back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, you I just trotted that out just to get under Ryan's skin, but um, <laughs> but anyway, I you know, I guess I could hear a little bit of the the uh, the Baroque bent, but not a not a well, lot. Well, when I hear Baroque, like I think of I either, just think harpsichord or some shit. Well, or, I know like there's 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 a couple of different like, you know, there's the the first few Arcade Fire. Records, and then you can go way back even before that into the 90s. Like, there's a you know, yeah, like with Cardinal and stuff like that, where there's like tubas and trumpets and stuff like that. Chamber, so, I mean, was it chamber pop, isn't that a, a term? Yeah, that was a thing too. Yeah, yeah, there was. Uh, the, so, I don't think we mentioned this on mic, but we, I, we did look up the producer of this, and it's Joe Chick, Chicharelli. Chick fil A, yes, Joe Chicharelli. I'm sure he has some sort of hey, uh, hey. Joey back Joey. at Donuts. Joey, Joey Donuts. C. Yeah. <laughs> Showed up to all the sessions in track pants. But he's worked with a shit ton of people. Oingo Boingo, My Morning Jacket, Counting Crows, eh. The Shins, 
uh, minus the bear, Elton John, Rufus Wainwright, U2, Beck, The Strokes, Killers, Morrissey. So he's, he's got a track record. Yeah, and Glenn Fry and Jason Mraz also. Uh, well, that's why they put those last two at, like, right yeah. at the bottom. Yeah. Like anyway. if somebody were going to hire Joey C. Anyway, dude has, has learned some things, and it pays off here. Um, you guys want to get into one more track? Let's do that. Let's do that That one that you like, uh, Vanity Payroll Kids. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. So I didn't realize that uh, Michael Hutchins had made a last track before he was. Um, oh, dude, I, I don't. I think that's a little more gothy than in excess. No, no, but the way he the way he sings in the verse sounds just like Michael Hutchins. Yeah, I mean it's the same thing as what I was saying before. It's one of those songs that it's so like '80s anthemic for me. It's I'm sure I would love it live, and it's a well written song. There's it does g- remind me of like kind of a, a night at a goth club, um, and also really like the second Matrix movie. I never saw the third one because the second one was really <laughs> the second one was really bad. But they'd have those like kind of tribal scenes where everybody's like a melee the, the of people stuff. or whatever. Yeah, I, I, mean, I, just, I can't get over that percussion. It just, no, the percussion's great, and all like again, there's like the horns are even cool in that. Like it's just it's just a little too like I don't know what to do with that except like go and like rob a bank or like you know. Take or, a, or ride take a road with a bunch trip of at like, or like yeah. cyborgs or something. Yeah, that that would be my soundtrack at Burning Man. Like yeah, just, just that song on loop. My cousin keeps posting photos from Burning Man. Apparently, it just happened. Did you hear that? Um, we're not going to sidebar on this for very long. But did you hear that somebody ran into the fire? Like, like, and apparently that. Well, yeah, of course, oh, it's on fire. Do they know what drugs he was on? Yeah, I was she that, trying to commit suicide? That part was not uh, those. The, so married guy had a good family. Mark forgot yeah. that he was supposed to put the microphone up to his mouth. He just uh, thought we were yeah, chatting. Just, just decided to run right into the freaking fire in yeah. front of all these people. That is, I and mean, it's there, not funny, but he was a literal burning man. Well, I guess, that, at that point. Oh, jeez. Anyway, yeah. Apparently that uh, that kind of thing nearly happens a lot. So well, this, you, and this time somebody broke on through. Yeah, you combine fire and a lot of people on mind altering substances. Yeah. Things might happen. Anyway, so that, that I think you could it, that shit happens anywhere at any time. I mean, people like said they would just they're going to take a final flight. You know, it's true. Anyway, anyway, that's that's the song. That's my favorite song of the record. Um, Again, it's not a bad song. They're, they're, I like Skyline a whole lot, and it's a close second. Uh, you know, but you understand what I'm saying. Like when I say it's a little too anthemic for me to like to enjoy it at home. Like it, it kind of like you. Again, it's a mood thing, like you were saying about the hug of thunder. Like it's hard for me to go from a mood back into that like big, like propulsive. Like it's not a bad song. It's a good song. It's just, it's I don't. It's just hard for me to. Do again, you, I think I'd like to see it live more than I want to hear it on the record. Do you think of Do you think of tracks? Uh, and I and on this album, I could see where we could get into this discussion. We can't always do it with the with the things that we cover every week, but. I mean, do you do you ever find that you think of tracks in terms of like this is something that would sound best in the car? This is something that would sound best on my home hi-fi, you know, whatever the kids like, say these like days. Like sonically, yeah, yeah, a lot. I think more than anything else, I think like what because that sounds in terms like a different sequencing or what would sound better on like a like a mixtape or like a... this would definitely sound good on a mixtape. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to put it on a Spotify playlist, which is the modern mixtape. There you go. Uh, 
but definitely. Maybe that's the final this, this answer. One's, this one's traveling with me through my days. I don't know about I the rest said, of the record. I other. thought you said tribaling with you, which I thought was, well, was yeah, pretty that, fitting. That too. That one's tribaling with you. Uh, do we know what the percussion was on that? Like, what is, I mean, it kind of sounds like bass drum, but it sounds like the No, there's a bunch of drums. He's playing. He, well, I know, but like, yeah, what are I'm the. I'm imagining it's a lot of floor toms and. Yeah, he's got a lot of toms and stuff going. He's just got okay. A, he's yeah, got it's, a drum but line. it's not it's not kick he, drum. No, th- um, that, there's a full kit he's playing. He's just playing a pattern like over and over again. It sounds it like reminds maybe me a lot a loop. of uh, Course of Empire, which they did the dual drummers and one just had uh, bass drums and floor floor toms and just uh, yeah, kind of in a trap kit and that's all they played. Yeah. So. All right, man. Well, I dig it. What uh, what you got? Uh, what coming up for um, the uh, new song? Yes, um, for the new song, current 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 affair. affair. Um, thing that I uh, shazammed, uh, as is my want, from KUTX. Kids, check them out online. Um, I don't even know if it's a band. I think it's a chick, uh, but it's Sneaks, uh, and it's a song called "Look Like That." And sorry, I don't know if they if there's a video or not, but it just came out maybe five or six months ago. All right, well we'll figure it out. Look like that uh, from essentially that's that's a one person project. Yes, uh, sneaks. Uh, Eva Mulchan. Uh, anyway, little trifle of a song, and it it's probably about as um, I'm sure Shane was like cringing a little bit, but it kind of reminds me of like warm beep. Leatherette. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, it did. It did. I, I like that song just fine. I, li- I like that. I actually like yes. It was the normal, by the yes, way. It, it was. was well, it? Leatherette. It, it did remind me a lot of that song. I was gonna. I was gonna mention that. Yeah, I like. I like this this record. All right, man. I almost. I almost brought it up. Uh, a couple of months. It would have been our shortest record ever. I know. Yeah, just the full it, length. It, and it's eighteen it, minutes. I just long. for some reason didn't want to do a record that was eighteen minutes. Anyway, she's on merch. Like she's she's coming around. And apparently, there's there's market for it. But yeah, that's it's essentially just like the same you know couple bars repeated over and over again. It's fine. It's fun yeah. to listen to a little bit. If I was on drugs, it's not my favorite song, that, but that might be a fun thing to like get out and dance to. If I were on the ride drugs, yeah, pretty much anything other than like maybe like like if you were like on ecstasy and somebody put on Slayer. I'd probably still like it. I mean, if it was, <laughs> it was, if it was good ecstasy. By the way, I can't do ecstasy anymore. My body won't let me. Uh, those, anyway. those, sorry. those are just memories. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> my brother. It's like, sorry, you can't do drugs yeah, anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those are just like fond memories. I just think of you like gazing like off into the sunset. Like. I was like, there's no happier than <laughs> being. And this is not and an be, endorsement. Like, Kids don't do drugs. Being like twenty However, years old. However, what was the Bill Hicks quote? I had a great time on drugs. Uh, yeah. But anyway, yeah. Um, turns out, like if it, last time I took ecstasy was about five years ago, and it took me three days to recover. Uh, and yeah, part of that is like depression, like, and it's so it's no fun. But anyway, but when you're twenty, it is. When you're twenty, it's a blast. I asked a random girl on the street if she'd make out with me, and she did. All, all of that sounds great. Except yeah. the making out with you part. Well, I I appreciate that, Shane. Okay. So yeah, that was a fun little trifle. Trifle of a song. Is trifle of a song. Uh, but good stuff. I enjoy it. You know, I'm there's there's not a whole lot to unpack there. 
<laughs> I don't know that there's a lot of subtext. It's but like, did we just hear this part like seven times ago? <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, then, so moving on, Ryan, it's your week next week. What are we? Yeah. A, a band that I've been meaning to investigate thir- further, Thurver, because um, I've just, I've never heard a song of theirs that I didn't like, and there's no good reason I haven't listened to an entire album, and that's Band of Horses. Um, so uh, I was waffling through a couple of them, but I think I'm going to go with the one... Um, with the funeral on it, which is probably my favorite song of theirs, but I bet there's more on there that I'm going to like. So anyway, it's called Everything All the Time, and I think it's from 06. Okay. Well, I'll look forward to that. Hey, I was going to mention this earlier. <laughs> Wait, how sincere was that? That was a pivot. It was, it was a little bit of a pivot. Okay, well, I'll look okay, forward to that. Yeah, hey, yeah whatever. Well, thanks, Let's thanks talk about your... sausage. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> no, I just I meant to share this earlier, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't cram it in here at the end of the show, but it occurs to me that I was like, we don't know when we get back together, like what the sort of what the state of the certain certain issues with the world is, are, and this is not that's not political thing at all. Um, but it occurred to me impending it, hurricane. It occurred, yes. Well, there as of this as of this time, there are two. There's a hurricane and a tropical depression that are seem like they're getting ready to basically wreak some harm. And I couldn't help because we do this show. I couldn't help but think about like. Who would be on the hurricane tour if you just booked bands? That Harvey like, Danger, um, for one. Harvey Danger would be another one. I was thinking um, Waves, uh, Joy Wave, Day Wave, and Washed Out were the ones that I have. Harvey Danger would be another Harvey good Danger one would have to headline. Uh, yeah. I was hoping somebody would pick that for the intermission this week. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, and then maybe everybody could do uh, Scorpion covers. Yeah, some rock that, me like a hurricane. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> anyway, uh, yeah, so I'll leave you with that little little uh, bit of well, that's nugget just of a, joy. That's a nice little way to to, to go on Wrap out. Wrap up yeah, the show. Nothing, nothing makes us want to turn off this show other than your stupid bits, dude. Uh, <laughs> so, so yeah, so Ryan, uh, Band of Horses next week. Everything all the time. Okay. I hope that's exactly It's the one it with is. the funeral on it, if you need to. Yeah, that was, that was their one that made them. That that one, yeah, that and then, then the, their, their uh, actually the one. record after that had a couple of singles that broke out on it. But uh, anyway, all right. Well, until next week, I'm Kevin. I'm Ryan. I'm Shane. And I'm Mark. This is somebody likes it. One of us net has been your one stop shop for all things geek for years, but there's a side to them many of you have never heard: the subscription side. Subscribe and listen to great podcasts like The Breakfast Pub, The Original Gentleman, and the Watch a Movie With Us series. Head on over to oneofus.net and don't forget your towel.